This is a We Are On We production. Hello and welcome back. Ha ha, Hayden, good fucking joke. Hilarious. Welcome back to the On We Talk podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Winter, etc., etc. Hayden Clark, how are we? Are we good? Can you stop fucking clicking yeah, no, your we're glass? Good. We're trying to record. No, I just want to bother you. You just want can to bother you me? This? You're bothering. <laughs> yes, I fucking can. You're going to peak the fucking I did. audio. I punched my mic a few you times. You fucking asshole. How, Hayden, how, how, how's things? How's things down in um, down in university land? Good. Yeah, they're just fine. I'm almost, almost finished the first semester, which I'm so excited for because then I'll get a crap ton of time off so that I can. um do shit i want to do and come back record more episodes of the hashtag on we podcast yeah yeah yep. maybe maybe we can do hell like yeah, a D yeah. special or something while i'm down because that's what Actually, i love that's, that's actually what i love doing or something you would you do love playing games yeah you? playing with yourself yeah. you know i've got like um, i've got no friends up here mm. and like last night i had a really good dream and that dream was um coming back home and playing dungeons and dragons that's that's what my dreams have become so who who do you miss the most that's a, that's a tough one. It is not a tough. It is. Question. It's not. It's not fucking you. I can tell you that. <laughs> um, I'm gonna fuck you. You're really hurting my feelings here. I'll get you onto this podcast. Should we bring up the fact that that Brad quit? Yeah. Yeah, I think we should. Can you fuck hear Brad. Yeah, I can. There's police in the area. Yeah. What have you done? Hiding the drugs? Matt, if I was hiding them, they wouldn't be after me. Yeah, good point. Anyway, let's let's get into the let's. You so Brad like left. Games, correct. <laughs> you didn't even. Oh talk yeah, about fuck! That. I forgot. I forgot we we're fucking talking about Brad. Yeah, that's right. We'll talk about Brad first. Brad yeah. quit. He, he thought the podcast is too cringy, which is fair enough. It's a fair call. Debatable. Debatable. <laughs> Debatable. Okay. Matt, Matt believes. It. No, I'd say like I understand. There's aspects that are cringy, but there's aspects with anything that even very popular things that are cringy. Do you know what I mean? Like. It's not always going to be sunshine and rainbows, and Brad fucked it up. He fucked everything up. Now I'm going to have to find another th- another third co-host. What am I going to do? I don't know. You're going to have to outsource it. Yeah, I might. You know, I'll find a little Indian boy who I can pay, you know, $2 an hour, and he can be the third white co-host. White asterisks, yeah. Yeah, white asterisks. Nobody, no one else is going to get that reference, Aiden, at all. <laughs> Matt, no, one, no one's going to watch this. <laughs> Oh, you fucking, you fucking, well, you can watch or listen on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud. I got, I can't think of any of the other platforms. Anyway, like, anyway something I'm, back, something I'm looking forward anyway. to doing when I get back is actually starting on some game development. Yeah. Really? Yeah, because I've, I don't know, it, it's, I think it's just a, a psychological thing, sort of preventing me from doing anything of that nature. But I've been watching a lot of um videos on game jams and that sort of stuff where, people are given like a very short amount of time to produce, um, you know, a very basic game. 48 yeah. hours? Have you heard of um, Ludum Dare? I I'm not sure how it's have. pronounced. No. Everyone pronounces it differently, but that's how I read it. But Ludum Dare is essentially like... Actually, to understand that, you need to understand exactly what a game jam is. It's sort of a bunch of game developers show up to an event or whatever, it's broadcasted, and then someone gives them the rules for that particular event. 
which might be the theme and, you know, what resources you can use and all that sort of stuff. And then you've got a set amount of time to, yeah, create the game, all the resources, program it, design the art, the music, sound, all that sort of stuff, and then submit it by that time limit. And Ludum Dare is probably like the most popular um, game jam, and it's a very frequent game jam. In fact, one that just finished a couple couple days ago, Ludum Dare 38, finished a couple of days ago. And yeah. Where's, hmm. Where's the base at? Where's the um, base? Well, actually, it's based online. So, so it is based yeah, online. So the that morning, I'm pretty sure it's the morning of the 21st. So straight on midnight on their local time. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. All the, the the theme is given out. Or yeah, I, I, I'm pretty sure I haven't participated in it, but I've been watching a lot of um like people's logs and that sort of stuff, which shows. Um, you know their creative process over the 48 hours and so yeah from the minute that that uh, timer begins you can um start you, you're exposed to the theme maybe maybe mm-hmm. given the theme beforehand but anyway let's just say yeah you're given the theme so you can start working on a design get a basic idea of how the game's going to be and then start working on it mm-hmm. and you've got 48 hours to do that it's quite interesting it's quite interesting that you can like they put, they bring all these people together, and you try to make a game in forty-eight hours. That's not an easy task. It's not easy at all. Is it? And usually, well, I think like the rules um, in some, most of them is that there's only one person, like only one person can be involved, and it's um a competition as well as just a like a community event. Like there's two parts to it. One of them is like who um who performed the best in certain categories, and there'll be an overall winner eventually, but. It might be like who had the best art or who had the best gameplay, you know, which was the most competitive, that sort of stuff. And so it rewards people for like these little prototypes that they develop. See, it's very different. When you when you look at game design, you most developers look at the big picture and they want to design the biggest project possible. But game jams and Ludum Dare and these sort of things, you know, inspire people to make the smallest game possible, you know, just get the basic engine working and then develop a couple levels for it because even yeah like even on the creative side like you you have to start small you like obviously people can dream big like with a huge game and and whatnot but there's a lot of the fundamentals that people sort of bright like they brush like oh i want to make this like the first game i want to make is you know is a plat is a is a game on one of the huge platforms etc etc when they haven't even You've got because you've got to have that pro. You've got to have that prototype. Do you not like? Do you know what I yeah. mean? Like the first, the first step in a lot of yeah. um, creative pursuits, but definitely gaming is you sort of pitch an idea, then you sort of need to demonstrate the idea. Um, and in like the case of what do you call them? Um, movies and TV shows, you sort of have a pilot or a few pilot scenes that you expose to a little group, mm. and they'll tell you what they think. With a game, you sort of build the basic prototype which is just going to be like the basic level illustrating like all the um mechanics that will be involved in your game and so for ludum dare a lot of what they do is um it's sort of like a fully functioning game but it's sort of that first creative process in making a much larger game these these are sort of like um what's the word polished prototypes yeah and from there the developer could um use the concept that they built there um, and extend it onto a much larger project. And in fact, I think some some people have. 
Yes, I was about to ask that. Has there been any games developed in that 48-hour period that have moved on to be commercially released games? A lot of, a lot of them have. Um, I can't... Any off the top of your no, head? I can't remember. I will look on Steam right now. But yeah, there's been a lot of instances where... Yeah, they've played it. Uh, I mean, they built it and it worked all right. So, and it was like got really good feedback from other developers and other people who play all the games when all the games are released. And they decided, okay, well, we'll just polish it a bit and put it on Steam. And for them, it helped. Like the money that they got from that helped fund like their much larger projects, which is a pretty cool concept. It's and there are there are some pretty um, cool high up um, game devs involved in it as well, like Notch. Um, I'm not sure when it was, but I remember watching a live stream of him making a game from scratch. Notch is um, the... Creative yeah, Minecraft, yeah, correct? Yeah. Marcus Person? I, I, know, I know my shit. I know my shit, Hayden. I know my, my Minecraft... My I'll, If you can ask me any question about Minecraft, Hayden, then I'll answer it correctly. Well, speaking of all this, all this game design stuff, like, I've... Like obviously, I'm a big picture guy. We've discussed that before. I've always been interested. Like I've, ne- I, like I'd played a lot of video games when I was younger, but the industry itself and just the like creating games, developing games, it's always been quite interesting to me. And you and I have both discussed in in a situation where we can creating a video game studio, like publishing its own games, developing its own games on Wii games, essentially. Yeah. Would like there's a lot. There's, there's a huge, it's a huge market and you've got like, it's, it's hard to cut through and that as well. Like you think of all the independent publishers for video yeah. games, but then like while the mass, like while it has increased the amount of people doing it, the amount of av- um, avenues to distribute those games and the way to like, for example, um, Steam has done so, so much. Yeah. In the way of... For video game yeah, publishers. publishing video games and selling video games. Especially independent games. Because, there were, like, you think about it. Um, like, 10 years ago, how could you publish a movie? It's like, well, you can't really publish a movie. Like, well, Tech 10 years ago, bad example. 15 years ago. It's the exact same thing with, with video games. It was really hard to independently produce and then distribute. That's the big thing. You can make a really great game, even like, using all this, like, the highest like the most expensive equipment, the most expensive programming and like with a huge budget and whatnot. But it's the distribution that really matters. Yeah, like it was... It was and having avenues like Steam like really helped. And all those other online, I can't think off the top of my head, but the other, all the un, other online video game stores. Yeah, and there, there are a lot. Especially there are a lot PC. of lesser known ones. Ones that I, I can't even recall right now, but I do remember coming across them that mm. are specifically designed at getting... Um, indie developers games out there and put onto a market where you know they can begin selling their games if they if they're unable to get through to steam or anything like that or they don't want to go through all that sort of stuff but there's also things like the app store which is insane some of the most successful games that have been released you know in the past few years have been on the app store and by success i mean measured in income profit and that's what it is making money off your games that's the hardest like you it's it's very it was very um underestimated for quite a few years mobile games but like while people have like you know like you know how they like like you'd say five years ago like even even you'd say four or three years ago people were on their pcs on their computers now 
a lot of people live off their phones. A lot of people don't have computers or laptops. Like, obviously, people like us do. People who are not necessarily live on the internet, but we're more, not even more invested. But you know what I mean? It's a different type of internet lifestyle. We have laptops. We have even tablets. We have computers. Yeah, but it, but a lot of people live on the mobile phone. The masses live on the mobile phone. Uh, uh, yeah, mo- more than most live on yeah, their Yeah, and it's very recent development. And it's only, it's, it's largely due, I think, to smartphones and Facebook. Because the majority of people do have Facebook and you know, because it's sort of, it's as invasive in your life as you want it to be. And so for a lot of people, it's not it's not a big deal. You know, you can chat with whoever you want, see what they're up to, and it's a good way to catch up with people. Um, and so because of that, people are constantly, um, you know, connected to that online world. And the thing is, creative people, um, content creators and whatnot, can use that as a, a medium to uh, expose their work. And that's what you see. There's a lot of people, and from there, like you know, they'll expose their videos that they're developing on YouTube, or you know, all their Twitter accounts or Tumblr pages. And from there, people um, who used to be solely bound to Facebook are now merging out into different parts of the internet. All right, that's like a real base case, primitive case, where people are solely defined to Facebook and then branch out. But in this process, people are coming to, you know utilize a much larger space of the internet exactly right well like you know i do like talking about the the hypotheticals and hypothetically let's say on my games are set up you've got people there like you got you got you got your team you got your development team we've got all the distribution etc etc what games would you like to create aiden whether mobile or console or pc or whatnot and even like specify that because that the, the type of platform you're on defines the game you make as well. Like, are there any games that you've dreamt about making? Are there any... No, like, the thing is, like, I've always... So, what are they? I've, I've never really wanted to get involved in anything too large because in order to do that, you need to have a massive team of people, um, you know, to create those much larger projects. I, I've always been a fan of MMOs and large 3D adventure, <clears throat> you know, RPG-type games like Skyrim and that sort of stuff. But to actually set it out and build something like that is just, you know, something that isn't possible for me at the moment. <laughs> or, or If it or was, ever. if it was, is there something, is there, uh, do you have maybe not necessarily thought out games in your head, but are there any concepts or anything like that? I do have one in mind, if you, if you wouldn't yeah, mind, let me, wouldn't mind me explaining. So... When I was younger and I played, I was a big PS... I was, well, it was PS1. It was PS1 when I played it a lot. I used to play the, the first two Grand Theft Autos on my PS1. That overhead... Yeah, yeah. It's like, well, what type of game is... It's an open world... It's an open world game, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I was really into the idea of the overhead... Because it, it, it's, quite, it's, it's quite retro looking back on it now. Yeah, it is. Had you played the, the original two Grand yeah. Theft Autos on yeah. PS1? Yeah, I did. Yeah, like they were some of my favorite games that I played. And back in the day when Tobias, do you remember Tobias that I did um, yeah. website design with uh, quite a few years ago now? We'd, we had discussed the idea of, it was an overhead game similar to that Grand Theft Auto 1 and 2 format. But it was more, it was a mix between Grand Theft Auto and a mix between Bully. Yeah. 
which is a game you both of us yeah, have played. I love that. Which is in fact, I, I'd love. What, for them how to would you explain a, Bully? Uh, uh, I'd love for them to develop a sequel. Like, Bully was a, oh, God, a Rockstar yeah. Games game, which you essentially you play, <laughs> um, you know, a disenfranchised bully kid who's been sent off to some preppy high school in the middle of nowhere, and it's like Grand Theft Auto, but in the confines of a high school environment. And outside of the school, you know, there's a whole world for you to explore. And it's really incredible. I think it's, it's one of those games that, one of those game concepts that hasn't been explored very much. Because there are a lot of intricate no, things that I liked a lot. Because, you know, there was a day and night cycle. And you, if you left the premises while it was nighttime, um, you'd have to actively avoid um, running into members of the public or even the police. Because they'd catch you and send you back to the school. It's quite. It was quite yeah. realistic. There was consequences. Yeah, actions. and there were timelines that you had to stick with, and it, like you had to actually make it to some classes, um, and they were all you know in, entwined into the the main storyline as well as you know your character progression and that sort of stuff. As you advance through these quests or these classes, you'd get certain items that would help you do things later on, and it was just I don't know. It was just really interesting. Oh, yeah, I think it's and it's it's, an, it's a concept that hasn't been explored since. Off the top of my head, I can't think of a well, at least a mainstream, commercially known game that has dis- that has that has that sort of like it, that high school concept. Do you know yeah. what I mean? And that's like it's an idea. It was an o- yeah, the, as I said, the overhead format, a, a bit of an open world, and it's like some sort of teenager in some sort of like I'm just like. Mixed like if when I say the mix between bully and GTA, sort of like it's you know an older teenage person, an older teenage person, an older teenager, but they mixed in with that mature world. Do you know what I mean? Like I think that's one thing that like bully sort of touched on, and there were you know obviously you can get arrested by police, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But like I'd say more incorporating more things like you know um, young people involved in gangs, um, you know rape and violence and all that sort of thing like university and like that the sort of Mm. like you would say a gta for that sort of younger generation like so not for the younger generation but set for in sort of like a teenage world do you know what i mean like because i guess that's it's like for example in bully there's no there's no guns no like the 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 most the 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 only weapon that's more that's an actual weapon I can think of is the slingshot. Like obviously there was the rubber band ball and things like that, but like, I, like a game that incorporates that like that sort of mixes between the two. You know, like teenagers, like for example, like like aspects of like get people bringing guns to school and actual violence where people get hurt and you know maybe like threats of murder, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Because I feel like it's like in television, it's been um, it's been hit on a lot. But not in the video game format. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I feel yeah, and it's a concept I'd really like to get into. I feel you could create a really good story in that sort of environment. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And it's a very different thing to to play in that environment than it is to watch that environment. If you know what I mean. It it really is. It really is interacting in it. Like it's different playing bully to watching a even a movie based on it. You know what yeah. I mean? Like. It's a whole different experience. I'm looking on 
a website now. Don't know how reputable mm. it is, but it's saying that 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 Bully Two has been rumored to be in development. I had heard that as well. Holy crap! I'm not sure it was in the way of it. I believe Bully got banned in a lot of in a fair few yeah. countries because of the violence involved with teenagers. Yeah, yeah. So back on the back on back. So on. I gave you my idea. Back yeah. on. I gave you my idea. Is there any like? Are there any? There's a game, a game that I've like always wanted. I might have talked about it once before, but like, I've always enjoyed um, medieval exploration type games, and you know, beginning with Age of Empires. Like, I I love the idea of building up massive armies, building cities, and you know, interacting with that environment. And then from there, you know, I moved on to things like Oblivion and Skyrim, where they're medieval they're fantastical and you know that you've got a bunch of quests and things to do you can develop your character however you want and there's a lot of freedom and then intertwined with that like i played some mmos and that sort of stuff which has a similar concept very similar concept and as well as mountain blade which is in my mind like a combination between um oblivion and age of empires in a sort of way and so i've always wanted a game that's like that um a game where you build armies and you also develop your character and well not even build armies but be be able to partake participate in armies um you know and explore a medieval environment a very rich environment but not by yourself but with friends so what i'm describing i guess is sort of like a multiplayer skyrim cross mountain blade um type game (laughs) Because I believe we did, we had, we discussed this. You've had this idea for a long time, and I know that because we discussed this in your shack a few years ago, oh, really? quite a long time ago now. Yeah, that's how long oh, it's wow. been. Yeah, there you go. So we'll we'll so give us like elaborate on that because uh, there's a few ideas that I remember you mentioning that were it like there were you as a as a combination. It was quite unique. It takes aspects from all those games you mentioned. Hmm. But coming together, it was quite a unique sort of concept that you developed. Like, are there different? Are there specific things that are that would be not necessarily unique to game, but like that are the the driving forces of why people should play that game? I think it's because you know th- those particular games are very fun in that the whole concept is to sort of investigate all these little um, quests and find out all like this this massive unfolding story, and that's something that the Elder Scrolls is very um successful for as a result of because their stories are just so well developed and interesting um but then there's always in in all these type of games there's that that drive to make your character more powerful and that is indeed like what drives mmos you know mmos are insanely addictive and it's because people just want to keep um exceeding what do you say um exceeding like power caps eventually you get like the best gear but then they release something different and you know you have to go through very difficult raids to um in the end get gear that makes you like the most powerful and you know I, i've been a, I, I like mmos but i don't like that aspect of mmos I, I like um you know a sense of freedom and so in having a game which is like a mixture of these um games like i said mountain blade and skyrim and that sort of stuff but with a multiplayer aspect it makes it so it's less focused on grinding and just more focused on achieving objectives um, as a group. 
And there are games that have sort of tried to do that. There's games like mm. Dragon Age, Inquisition, and that sort of stuff. Um, I can't think of many other examples. There's games like Kingdoms... I think it's Reckoning Kingdoms of Emular, which is sort of like a mm. single-player game that's sort of like a single-player MMO, but it's not that fun in that the one of the big parts of an MMO is that you have to rely on the unique... Um, capacities of different classes and that sort of teamwork makes it fun but um i don't know i think it i think it would just be exploring that world with a group of people um and facing you know incredibly hard challenges um with buddies and it's a tough thing and it's a and it's a concept that like it's not a one and it's not a you know you put in the 20 hours 30 hours and then you're done with the game it's something you can continually work at it. Yeah. And a lot of games that are the replayability of games. It's well, no, it's not even because you don't you're not in a, you wouldn't even replay the game. It's not it's not the replayability. It's continuing on playing the game because the game that there's there's no there's it's it's there's no ending. It's infinite the amount of things you can do. Yeah. Yeah, and that's definitely the case with um, Mountain Blade. With Mountain Blade, hmm. the game technically ends when either you die or you conquer the entire map and the entire map comes under your control. And, you know, it's something that I guess it also would take on aspects of the Sims where in order to gain wealth and, you know, get all the things that you want, you need to get a job. And so at the outset of the game, you and your friends, you know, wouldn't, wouldn't have jobs as it is. You can sort of pick a backstory like you would in a D&D adventure but you you have nothing as it is. You know, you live out in the wild and you have to survive. In that way, in the beginning, it's a survival game. Something comparable to Ark. But, you know, there there are um there would be vast communities for you to interact with of NPCs and AI that, you know, work like functioning medieval cities where there's blacksmiths, there's farmers, there's that sort of stuff. And so at the outset, you sort of needed to decide, well, what am I going to be? Am I going to work on these sort of things? Or am I going to be a barbarian? Going to be like a thief? Try and steal from these people? And, you know, all these actions will have their consequences. Doing, like, hard labor work will affect your character physically. Or stealing could get you um, notoriety and you could become wanted. Or, indeed, you could, you know, join armies and work for, you know, kings and... Um, generals and whatever which while developing your character and getting money you sort of have to you, you can't really settle down and you have to you know live with the daily threat of dying <laughs> and it's this sort of game because there's so many different aspects to it it'd be so deep and so complex that is the only thing that you know not the only thing but one of the things that makes me think that it's not entirely possible it's a it's a it, it's a big picture thing one of those games is a big picture thing you'd have to have a lot of a, a lot of resources a lot of assets there to create something as big as that because that's a big because that also relies on people still playing the game do you know what i mean like to keep updating it and whatnot that's not just a game you put out either that's a game you have to continue you have to have a team to continually work yeah, on like it's it's difficult because it wouldn't be an MMO where you can have like 50,000 people, you know, um, in one server. And it's not like 
that one world is the same for every single person. Each time you begin a world, it'd be randomly generated, and the characters, like the AI, would um, continue. Like when, if you're on one side of the world, that village that you first met is still developing. There's the populations growing, um, and you know, as as with the farms, you know, and all the buildings, it is slowly expand out. Um, and you know, things like plagues and that sort of stuff could wipe out entire villages and that sort of stuff. But you, you wouldn't know that's happening unless, you know, you go to a main city where news has been sent or if you actually go back and visit that city and things like this. So it it would require pretty hefty um, artificial intelligence. You'd need to have systems in place that can keep track of and, um, you know, calculate how much this place is going to change in the time that you're away and that sort of stuff. And I, I've just always been interested by the idea of a, f- a pretty, pretty realistic life simulator where all these things which we experience in our lives is just happening naturally. But in the context of a game, places are con- you know constantly going uh, undergoing development and there's wars happening all the time. There's, you know, big threats. There could be even be like media strikes. There could be things like that. A very dynamic, growing world. Because it's quite, it's a, it's a mix of a lot of different sort of genres in video games. Like obviously, it's a, it's an MMO. It's a bit of there's a bit of role playing in there. Like obviously, adventure part. You're like an MMO, it's, but like to the extent open- that Ark can be. Not there's not like hundreds of thousands of people. Like it's just you and probably four other people, and the rest of the world okay. are all computers. They're all AI. Because I, I I'm trying I like to stray that. away from, um, what do you call them? Uh, MMOs. Because there's like elitism and that sort of stuff, whereas I prefer um, the teamwork and stuff. If you if you ever play Ark or watch people play Ark cooperatively, it's all about sharing resources and helping each other tame beasts and build, um, you know, buildings and towns and defenses that sort of stuff. You can play that competitively, and I mean, this game you'd have to be able to play competitively as well. But I'd put an upper cap on how many people can exist in the world. Because you don't want it to become like an MMO. Interesting. Interesting. I really and I really think that it'd be a concept. It'd be a game that a lot of people would play yeah. if if done well. That's what like, I feel like. If done well, exactly. No Man's it's like, Sky it's the, is something that mm. is similar to what I've just described. It's very ambitious. It's um, supposedly continuously dynamic. It's an infinite game. It's all Everything in the execution. is new, but that the game didn't do so well. No, it was not executed very well. And I just feel like it was—it wasn't that. It wasn't that it was um, done poorly. Well, it was done poorly, but that was mostly as a result of, you know, limitations in technology, as it has always been in the past. This has been a We Are On We production. Head to onwe.tv for more.